December 8th, is going to talk to us about the impartial power of God. Why is it impartial? Either parts if we want it or not. Did it again? Either parts if we want it or not. It's impartial. It's offered up to anybody. Right? But he didn't pick and choose who's going to give it to him. He picked and choose to say, if you do what I say, it's yours. So all we got to do is do what he said. It's, it's ours. But many of us have chosen to walk a life in the natural and the carnal, actually, and say that we love the Lord and say we're going to church, say all these things, but not actually living the life, which therefore comes back and, and um, makes God look like he's impartial. Well, he's not helping this person. Well, that, person that person's helping themselves, right? For by one offering he made, per he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Made one offering. He was a propitiation of the sins of the entire world. By one offering he perfected forever them that are sa sanctified. Those that have decided to be set apart. Why well, am I in a room full of people who still not have necessarily made that decision to be set apart? And it's obvious by their behaviors. Your behavior to be set apart means you will do all things to the will of God. Not to the seat of your pants. Not to whatever you think, whatever you want, but according to his word, his will, and his teachers. He put me here and he ordained me as an authority to do this for you. You'd follow after these things so that you can, in fact, reach the, the, the holy gates as you'd like. We trample the blood of the Son of God underfoot if we think we are forgiven because we were sorry for our sins. The only explanation of the forgiveness of God and of the unfathomable depth of his forgetting is the death of his son Jesus. Our repentance is merely the outcome of our personal realization of that atonement, which he has worked out in us. He, his son died. He died for all of us. His focus is on that death and what that de death accomplished. He's not focused on individual people in here deciding whether you're worthy or not. It's not about worthiness. So we have to realize that the forgiveness is based on, I sent my son and his son, my son's blood is potent it's there to solve this problem for anyone that wants it. Our repentance is merely the outcome of our personal realization of that atonement, which he has worked out for us. Our repentance, that's turning from our, our ways that are contrary to him, meaning I'm going to change my ways up to be his because of what he's done for me. He's died for me. and It's not about how good I am or that he cares about my sins. He doesn't care anymore. He didn't care when he died the first time. He died for them all, of the whole world. I guess that kind of limits your portal of sinful life, right? A whole lot of people in this world are a lot worse than you. So he died for them all. But we have to repent. That means turn with a godly sorrow around from our wicked ways and be holy. Christ Jesus is made into us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. When we realize that Christ has made all of these to us, the boundless joy of God begins in you. Wherever the joy of God is not present, the death sentence is at work. When I look at somebody and I don't see the joy of God, I see this sad face like I see or some poor, poor, pitiful me look. I'm like, you know, wiped out, tired, there's no joy of the Lord. I know that God's not even getting a chance to work in that life. That work of that life is still absolutely dead. You know, the muck and the mire was dead in, dead in the first place. It does not matter who or what we are. There is an absolute reinstatement into God by the death of Jesus Christ and by no other way, not because Jesus pleads, but because he died. 
We've been reinstated. Everybody, the propitiation, the sins of the entire world. There is no one that's not capable of crossing this threshold. You're not capable because you don't bother to try to cross the threshold by accepting him into your life and into your heart. It's not earned, but it's accepted. All the pleading which deliberately refuses to recognize the cross is of no avail. It is battering at each other door, at another door than the one which Jesus has opened. They're all trying to get in a different way. There ain't no other way. All this stuff you doing your, your things your way, trying to be good enough. And a lady tell me today, well, I'm, I don't go to church, I don't this, you know, I'm a Catholic, or whatever, but that's okay, I'm a good person. And I want to say, yeah, well, that ain't going to get you nowhere. <coughs> Olga's going to get you somewhere, Jesus, and she's going to ultimately find that out because she's asked me to be, you know, coming to her life and business, and so I'm going to beat her to death with who I am. Not with church, just who I am. And ultimately, she will, after ultimately, and, and in, my, in my first conversation with her yesterday, um, I told her what I do, and the first thing she confessed is that her father had molested her when she was a child. Okay, so she's ripe for our church, right? For my, for the ministry that I run, so um, we'll be able to walk through a lot of those things. Romans chapter one, verse sixteen. We all know that one. Pretty simple. One sixteen does not matter who or what we are. There is an absolute mean statement to God by the death of Jesus Christ, but no other way, because not because Jesus pleads, but because he died. It's not earned, but accepted. All the pleading which God liberally refuses to recognize the cross is of no avail. It is the battering at another door than the one which Jesus has opened. I don't want to come that way. It's too humiliating to be received as a sinner. There is none other than none other na name under the sun, at least as under the world, that appearance. Heartlessness of God is expression of his real heart. There is a boundless entrance in his way. We have forgot, we have been forgiven, we have forgiveness through his blood. Identification with the death of Jesus Christ means identification with him to the death of everything that never was in him. Everything that you ever experienced is, is died to. God is justified in saving bad men only as he makes them good. Our Lord does not pretend we are all right when we are all wrong. The atonement is a propitiation, whereas God, through the death of Jesus, makes an unholy man holy. So I can't imagine, I can't receive this, you know, because of uh, all the things I've done. Oh, God must have heard me. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We have to have this given to us, but we have to live by faith to see it in our time, our, our lives. Chapter 5, verse 8. But God commends his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than now being justified by his blood, we should be saved through, from the wrath through him. For if we were, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved because of his life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, then taken that place for us. In chapter 15, verse 14. So I myself also persuaded of you, my brethren, 
But you also are a full, good, full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly unto you in some sort that's putting you in mind because of the grace that's been given to me of God. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified through the Holy Ghost. Realize that the power of God and the Holy Ghost is what sets us apart. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. See, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us which are saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise then? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. For the Jews require a sign that Greeks Seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews, it's a stumbling block, and under the Greeks, it's foolishness. But under them, which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is still wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. 2, chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brother, when I came to you, I came not to you with an excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of spirit and of power, that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but would stand only in the power of God. Chapter 6, verse 9. Know you not that the righteousness, the righteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? So be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, idolaters, or adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. But such were some of you. But you are washed. But you now have been sanctified or set apart, but you are justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. All that stuff's been put away. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 1. Therefore, Seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy, we faint not. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should then shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, has shined 
in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God, and absolutely not of us. Verse 16. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Well, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporary, as we call brief and fleeting. But the things which are not seen are eternal or everlasting. 2 Corinthians 13. Verse 4. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall also live with him in the power of God towards you. So examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves, knowing not your own, know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you would be reprobate. But I trust that you shall know that we are reprobate. I now pray to God that you do no evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that you should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth. Everything we do is for the truth. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3. Blessed be the God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us, to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, where he has made us accepted, made us accepted in the blood, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, when he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and all prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed within himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together all in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him that works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 4, 17. So this I say, therefore, and I testify the Lord that henceforth you should not walk as the other Gentiles or worldly people walk in the vanity or the selfishness of their mind, having their understanding darkened by being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts who being in past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, and so that you have heard him and have been taught by him, and the truth actually is in Jesus. That you would put off concerning the former conduct, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which is after God created in righteousness 
and in true holiness. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for each one of you. Desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and always increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet or ready to be partakers or partners of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. Those sins have been forgiven. Colossians 3, verse 10. So we put on that new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. The minute we put on the new, the new image has the knowledge created in what was in Christ in the first place. So when we get new, we already know. But until you get new, you know what? Only what you know. I'd rather know what he wants me to know than what I know. So until we become new, it doesn't work. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and longsuffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ has forgiven you, so also do you forgive them. Above all these things, put on unconditional love, charity, which is the bond of perfectness for the proof. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by Him. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. For it is sanctified by the word of God and it's sanctified by prayer. If you put, on, put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you should be a good minister of Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and good doctrine wherein, whereunto you also attain. Refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself rather to godliness. For bodily exercise is going to profit a little, but godliness is profitable to all things having a promise of the life that now is and of that which one is still to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things I ask that you command and I ask that you teach. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 6. Wherever I put you in remembrance, that you stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we ought to walk 
in that spirit that's been given to us. Chapter 2, verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God is always going to stand sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from that iniquity. But in a great house are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. But if a man will therefore purge himself from these dishonorable things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared for every good work. Titus chapter 3, verse 1. So put them in mind and be subject to the principalities, to the powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be not brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness to all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish and disobedient, deceived and cyber, deserving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of our righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and the regeneration, back to what we were created to be before the fall, and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed upon us abundantly through Christ Jesus our Savior, that being justified by his grace, his divine influence, we should be made heirs according to the hope, hope, hope of eternal life. So we come out of where we were, and he did a, a mighty work, and it's whether you were living in that mighty work or we're still living in the old jalopy I told you about, instead of that, that new car he gave us, right? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. But see, we see Jesus, who's made a little lower than the angels for suffering of death, crowned with glory and with honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through his sufferings. For both he that sanctifies and they who are set apart or sanctified are all one. For he who did the sanctification and us who were sanctified all became one. For which cause he's not ashamed to call us brethren, saying, I will declare thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing a praise unto you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me. Hebrews 10. Verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of this book, as has been written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and offering of sin, for sin would not, neither had pleasure therein, which were offered by the law. He's tired of this people offering up nothing for nothing. They can, they can legally get their way out of this by checking a box. Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first covenant that the, he may establish the second. By the which we will, by which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, one time over none. And every priest standing daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins in the temple. But this man, 
after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he then sat down at the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. From one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, whether we're sanctified or not. For after he, that he had said before this covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds, I will write them. And their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. Now, where the remission of these are, there are no more offerings for sin once we've reached that place. Verse 28, though. Remember that he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much sore punishment, suppose you, shall he be thought worthy who takes this opportunity and trods it under his foot, the Son of God, and counts the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite or has been spiteful against the spirit of grace. For you know him that said, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay or recompense, says the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. Do we not know it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God? James chapter 1, verse 12. So blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. So let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts, and then enticed, and then lust. Conceives and after it conceives, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. So do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is coming down from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow turning. He does not change, he does not have respect to persons. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, you've got this. Of his own will, he begot us with the word of truth that we would be kind of a first fruits of his creatures. Why do we call it a lot of things? I never thought I wanted to be called his creature, but I'm cool with that. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, last one. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again, just like it said, into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that's incorruptible, that's undefiled, and doesn't fade away, reserved in heaven just for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation ready to be revealed in this last time. Remember in Romans 1, 16 and 17, faith to faith, just shall live by faith. So here he's saying, inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through what? Faith. And to salvation ready to be revealed this last time. Where he is greatly rejoiced, you greatly rejoice, though now for a season it need be you're in some heaviness through manifold temptations like we just talked about in James. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold, that perishes though it tried with fire might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Who having not seen you love and whom though now see you see him not yet you believe. You rejoice 
with a joy that is absolutely unspeakable. One of them smiles you can't wipe off your face. It's just on your heart, you're just full of joy. You know that you know that you know that God's got you no matter what you're going through. And that doesn't mean we're not going to go through trials and tribulations and persecutions, but we can't help but know that my God has got this, right? Receiving, at this point, the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And there's your message. So, Father, we, you know, we come before this in his name asking all these things. We talk about uh, this last week and this message about the high places in our life. And, you know, and, and, I, and, and I understand um, in, in some measure that people are going, yeah, but if I get rid of my high place, then what do I do? Well, it would be so much simpler if you just um, look to God, God alone, and you wouldn't worry about what you got to do. You already know what you need to do. And again, until you're ready to put on that new creature... You can't know what he has for you to know. All you're going to know is what you know. And I'm going to tell you all, the only good thing about what I know is I know I needed a Savior. I knew I needed uh, the, this, this opportunity to have a fresh start and change. And I knew if I didn't change my ways, I wasn't going where I wanted to go. And so the only thing I had to do was say, Lord, if there's another way possible, please show me the way. God is faithful. He showed me the way. He's shown you the way. He's given you a, a, a plethora of opportunities. What are you doing with it? How many times does he have to call upon you without you sliding right back into you know, your old high places and your old strongholds and all the stuff that you've kept around bugging you or bothering you or you, know, you dealing with in your life to somehow uh, get by? I, I'm not a guy that likes to get by. You know, that, that being saved by the skin of my teeth doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in real hip, you know, sympathetic or interested in that thief on the cross idea, right? Mm -hmm. I want to get in, I want to get in and get gone. I want this thing to be absolutely over with for, for real, have it established for what it needs to be in my life. And I'm hoping and praying that you do as well. So Father, we come before you tonight and thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us here. We ask that this word go forth and it be multiplied, Lord God, to the deeper uh, levels of our heart and our mind, our spirit and our soul, that, Lord, we would call out upon your name, truthfully, knowing that, Lord God, you and you alone are the one that's going to guide us and lead us out of this mess we've called life. So we give you praise, thanks, honor, and glory for what you've done thus far and ask for you help us as we look forward and go forward from here into the new things that are being established in this boldness uh, of life given to us through the, through the spirit and power of God. So we give you praise, thanks, honor, and glory for all of us as we ask forgiveness for the foolish nature we have uh, uh, so easily uh, lived in when we could have lived uh, so much better and more righteously in you. And we give you the thanks, the praise, the honor and the glory as you go before us in these things. We do it now. The precious, precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. amen.